The Bulletin. Let's do the bulletin and let's chat to my friend Jamie Wall here, who's a outstanding sports journalist, author. You see his work in RNZ. Go follow him on Twitter. I know he was all over the cricket because he was with some pretty sketchy characters in the bay. Uh, Jamie, we've had a text from Mark who said, "Is this a hateathon on Santa?" So, oh look, sports talkback and test spinners. Shock. Um, yes, and. Definitely some sketchy people um, I was around uh, on the weekend, so shout out to those guys. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's. Um, I I think this is more of a kind of reflect, historical reflection on Santner himself than anything else. Yes. He's, he's a guy who's, who really should be held in probably higher regard than he is. I'm not sure what it is about some some athletes or, or cricket players, you know, that just don't quite sort of get people's. Uh, get the public's full trust, if you know what I mean. I think I think this is what you know. You, when you bring a guy into a into a team into a test match side, uh, and and you're entrusting them with you, you're the you're the one who's going to make the difference for us. I don't think he's ever really had that um, that that view put on him, and I think that's that's pretty unfair because uh, you know he's not Shane Warne. I don't think we're going to there's any arguments about that but at the same time he's certainly done a job over the years and um, I don't see any reason why he can't be the key to, um, to taking on this Australian team um, and what could be could be a very fascinating test match series mm. So it's gonna we're going to have the conversation at nauseam again do we just do we leave a spinner out I think a lot of people think that we should take a spinner into every test match um, we probably don't all agree on who now you are a great person to float this to and ask because you've been around lots of teams. Professional sports teams, much like club and social sports teams, have cliques, right? And mm. Mitchell Santner is clearly a dear friend of the senior leadership of the Black Cats players and clearly is trusted by Gary Stead because he has captained the Black Caps in white ball cricket of late and is clearly a very respected man in that shed. And that doesn't... I'm not saying that is this nepotism of any kind. That's not what I'm saying. That's not the point here. So don't twist this, people. What I'm saying is that matters, right? And there's levels of trust and uh, levels of... I guess, um, credence given to certain players depending on their standing in a squad, in a, in a team. Is that fair to say from the, the sport you've covered through the years? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, just while you were saying that, it's off the top of my head, the most recent example, I think, in the All Blacks uh, would be Finlay Christie, uh, who was clearly Ian Foster's guy. You could make a case for Sam Kane being Ian Foster's guy uh, as well. Um, I don't think it's anything new. I don't think it's particularly unusual. Um, but it is unfortunately, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying just before, about maybe why the public don't don't really get on board with these guys because they they feel as though they've had uh, they they get treated differently um, from other from other players. And I guess uh, the precedent set by this is if there's one guy that there's one spinner out there who probably deserved. Um, or definitely deserved to have been yeah. given a run in New Zealand conditions. It was the guy who took 10 wickets in innings, and he hasn't even been given a look in um, since, since then. So, you know, there's a conversation uh, to be had around it, but, I mean, I think what you just, the, the situation you just brought up is, is definitely real and definitely plays a part in the selective thinking. 
Mm, it certainly does. Um, I think we all know that. It might not feel overly comfortable, but at the same time, like Mitch Santner is, he does a good job. And as I keep saying, he we don't he doesn't get picked on his fielding and his batting, but he is not dead weight. Like he is a very very good handy cricketer. Do I think he's going to win us the test against test series against Australia? I don't know. I don't think he's the difference, but I think he would go in there and he'd do a good job. Um, what else did you observe being around the bay? I mean, how were the people enjoying it? Test cricket? Are they the like pro tiers um, tribute band, or were they legitimately worthwhile everyone's time? Well, I'm not going to lie to you. I was not familiar with any of their of their players. Um, I I felt more sorry for them than anything else. It's not their fault they got they got picked, and it's kind of not really cricket South Africa's fault that they're in this position that they are where they have to um, stack all their players into the T20 series in order to, uh, to make sure that they're, they're making money um, over the summer because that's unfortunately the bottom line um, at the moment and it's just a really a kind of a perfect storm um, situation where this has happened and it's kind of no one's fault but everyone's fault at the same time um, but anyway that's that's a pretty uh, big conversation um, to be having but I think uh, yeah in terms of the actually experiencing this yourself is great great event um, to be at. I thought the, you know, I've been, um, you know, there's a lot of discussion about what, which cricket ground in the country is the best. Um, I have to say Bay Oval was, was pretty cool, man. Like it was um, it's very hot. The weather certainly showed up um, and, uh, you know, good set up there and, and people were having fun and lots of kids there as well, which was great. And I think that uh, the, the, the feeling though was, was pr- pretty much kind of unlike anything that I'd really experienced um, much growing up as a New Zealand cricket fan, which is like, this is a test that not only the Black Caps are going to win, they're going to win easily. And if they don't, we're going to heavily criticise them. For yeah. it. And they went out and, and, and did exactly what they had to had to do. Um, uh, you know, Russian Ravindra, obviously, with his massive innings, and, and Cole Jamison with a, with a um, decent bowling performance. You know, like, we got players that uh, needed... Um, you know, time in the middle and time time taking wickets, doing so. So, you know, I think that they've achieved their KPIs um, out of this test. But then at the same time, it's like, well, you know, what does this actually kind of mean um, for the future? Because it, it, that's what everyone was thinking was like, is this what it's going to be like every year? We're going to get these dud sides um, coming down because really we should be celebrating this one hard because the Black Caps have never won a test series against South Africa. They're, they're one win away from achieving the last thing that they've last major goal that they'll, they'll ever have to do. They won, they won a test championship before they've been able to do this. So it's just a shame that it kind of feels like this whole thing's got a bit of an asterisk over it. But then in saying that, there's uh, there's nothing wrong with watching a Black Hurts batsman make 200. I'll tell you that. It's a pretty special thing to be a part of. <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly right. Like I was saying, I kind of caught myself earlier doing the classic, like, oh my God, this really was a lose-lose because I'm just... I, I kind of said that maybe it felt a little bit exhibition-y match, matchy at times, but and that's so unfair because they just went out there and just delivered one of the all-time performances. It's not their fault. It's no one's fault. It just is what it is. So um, I, I totally understand what you're saying. Mate, I have to ask you about this. Have you seen Russi Erasmus's coaching staff as he takes over the helmet, which he kind of never actually left, at uh, the Springboks again? So Tony Brown, Jerry Flannery, um, he's got Yako Piper as like a full time a full time South African rugby national laws advisor. Dwayne Vermeulen as a roving coach, whatever 
the hell that means sounds terrifying. Like, he's been able to, and we have watched and um, commented on many coaching um, <laughs> coaching staff assemblements over the last week. Well, he has been able to handpick himself one of the elite squads and backroom staffs. This is fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, that and it sort of says a bit about the state of Test rugby at the moment that he's been able to put himself in a position to do this. And all those guys are probably like his mates <laughs> as well. Like, sure. And it kind of feels, though, that that's the way rugby rugby coaching staffs get put together is that it's a bunch of blokes who are all kind of like, oh, yep, oh, you were on my team. You played well for me one time. You know, I'll get you started in this setup, which is what he's obviously doing with Bermulan, um, to, to put him on track to be uh, a top-level coach. Um, and, yeah, it, 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 it's... I mean, I can't. You can't really argue with it. The guy won a, you know, he's won back-to-back World Cups and has managed to create um, a level of success, uh, success in, in the Springboks. Obviously, targeted on the World Cups, um, and also saw, probably set himself up to kind of be doing this for the rest of his life. Like he, if you look at how how long coaches go for. Um, Look how look how old Graham Henry was when he was he's retired. He retired. Like Rassie Rasmus is a comparatively young guy to be a, to be a head coach. He could be in this gig for the next twenty five thirty years, um, either as the head coach or as the guy behind pulling the strings. And it kind of feels like he's just gonna he could just sort of go between both um, and be in charge of this, this setup for as long as he likes because he's got so much credibility. Uh, right now, which is crazy when you think about yeah. where he was a couple of years ago when um, when that whole well, thing with the Lions and the referees came out. I will say one thing, though. I will say one thing. Yeah. People are sort of uh, raised, raised eyebrows at Yucca Piper being involved. I think that's a really smart move. I think that's... that's uh, I, I can't believe no one else has, has done genius. that. Um, as much as it's he evil does. genius. He's... Well... I'll tell you, I'll tell you what was what was the difference um, in last year's World Cup final. It was the Springboks' ability to adapt to the rulings uh, better than the All Blacks were. It's just these little things, and it's the minute details that I think that you saw out of the Springboks, which is why they managed to win three games in a row by one point. You know, two uh, games that just come down to those sort of fine margins uh, come down to your players on the field being able to figure out uh, things on the fly. Uh, by having a very rich understanding of the rules, and I don't, I think it's something that New Zealand players lack uh, quite a bit. And all you have to do is look at disciplinary records um, over the last uh, four years or so to, to back that up. So, if I was New Zealand rugby, I'd be looking at this quite closely and, and be thinking like maybe it's something we can get a bit of as well. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And like, I my was my first thought was if I could get my words out was um, maybe Yako's going to like proofread all his um, like borderline referee abuse before it goes out like <laughs> well gonna... yeah there's, there's that too or or he simply becomes the mouthpiece himself um because people people are going to probably take it a lot more seriously that if it is a guy who is ref at that high level criticizing yeah. other referees it's probably going to hold a lot more weight so i mean again smart move that that's right we need we need to get like um like vittori to come and criticize uh santner or something of the ilk i don't know uh, mate nice to nice to chat <laughs> Jamie, we'll do it again soon. Cheers. All good, Lloyd. Cheers, mate.